Hey everyone, welcome back to The Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 167. Aaron, um, I made a joke last week that uh, we were 500 away from the Hail Satan episode, and it seems Satan heard me. Um, the reason we're so late, folks, uh, my laptop is actually my kid's laptop, and they dropped it. And the corner where the USB plugs in, where I plug my camera in, was smashed. And I was like, okay, fine, we have another laptop. So I go grab the other laptop. My kid dropped that one. <laughs> so I've got two that have uh, busted USB uh, right on the corner. So uh, I do apologize. I'm just happy I was able to get this uh, together in some amount of time. Uh, again, 20 minutes late. I apologize. Thank you so much for the folks who have been uh, hanging out in the comments, just kind of chatting away, keeping yourselves busy. Do appreciate you uh, doing that while I was getting my uh, self sorted out there. Aaron, uh, what did you do with your 20 minutes of time? Um, I was sitting here laughing at Paul, trying to scramble and not listening to him because his mic kept cutting out because it plugged it in and it didn't work. So I uh, thought it was pretty funny. Me and super producer Jason just laughing at Paul and saying, Paul, I think it's time you buy a new laptop. Um, you know, Aaron, what better segue to Paul needs to buy a new laptop than guys, if you'd like to support the show, because clearly this is tongue together with snot and duct tape, um, you can do so by using the super chat function. <laughs> you can also do it if you want to go through Venmo, it's uh, at the fin factor on Venmo. And then of course, if you'd like to get something in return for your uh, generosity, uh, towards this, uh, crazy, crazy world that I live in. Um, please head over to the finfactor.com. Go ahead and check out the uh, hats, shirts, stickers, all that stuff. Uh, and again, uh, all that will go straight to me getting a new laptop. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Plug it in, plug it in, huh? That's what we need to do. Well, it looks like the, uh, Calgary flames got that same message, uh, in the first game of this, uh, I don't want to say this week actually, cause it's, it's been, been a while since we've done a show here, right? This is, yeah, this is pre-Christmas. So, I mean, yeah. we could just blow through these. We don't need to spend too much time, but that Calgary Flames game, that that's a team that is, as Quinn said in the post game, that's a Stanley Cup team. They're built for the Stanley Cup. They might not be yet as high in the standings as they should be, but they're a very tough team. They skate hard and hit hard and do everything. They're basically a playoff team playing in the regular season. So they're steamrolling some people, uh, some teams over here. Um, so that was a rough game. I mean, there was two goals, two goals scored in the first 30 seconds of the game. I can't remember the last time that's happened to the Sharks. Um, I'm sure there's some kind of witty stat from Darren Stevens somewhere about it, but I don't even know if that has ever happened, but it just was an ugly game. This was, uh, was it three days before the break? They had one more game after this against Minnesota before they had the big Christmas break, but, um, the Sharks looked lifeless and they did not look like they wanted to be there. And, uh, the game was a little closer than it sounded because they did yes. have some empty nairs, but ah, just ugly. So, and I want to quote Drew again after those those first two goals and that the first thirty seconds. There, he says turnovers, 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 and that's exactly what the the problem there was. You just can't give up the puck, specifically giving up the puck in your own zone, uh, and against a team like the Flames, the Flames are, are ready to, to to pounce on you like that. So you just can't you can't do that. You can't give up those those turnovers now. Uh, the one with Eric Carlson firing up the boards. I know he was trying to get it up and out of the zone. I get that. Um, but to to then skate right up to the puck where you passed it and kind of pass it up and forget about the guy that was pressuring you who ends up being the goal scorer, uh, that's just kind of one of those things where, again, Drew Remenda says all the time, head on a swivel, right? you got to be 
uh, aware of that. And it seemed like uh, Eric was more interested in just trying to get the puck up and out of the zone. Right. And I'm not going to say anything bad about Eric Carlson in this play because uh, quite frankly, he is the only uh, shining star uh, on the, uh, on the Sharks uh, roster right now. But that is an instance where we're thinking offense first, we're trying to do everything we can to move the puck up and out. And we forget about defensive responsibilities. When you do that and you add a turnover to the mix, it's all bad things. So um, the Sharks were actually in this one. It was 3-3 with less than 10 minutes left, and then the wheels just fall off, and the score ends up 7-3. Now, one of those, obviously, an empty netter. Uh, but still, with 10 minutes left in the game, it being tied, you'd think um, that the final score would be a lot tighter than it was, and unfortunately, that just was not the case. So uh, moving on from the Calgary game, again, we're going to try to blow through these. Uh, we had the Minnesota Wild game. A uh, 5-2 win. Now, you have a note here saying that it was a scheduled loss for the Wild, that they didn't seem to want to be there. Why don't you explain to the folks uh, who maybe don't have uh, the the hockey vocabulary that you do, Aaron, and explain what the, a scheduled loss means? Scheduled loss is usually like, um, here's a back-to-back, especially in this one. I think it was a back-to-back for the Minnesota Wild. I think they played the night before, but... Um, it's also right before the break. So these guys are ready to go home to their families and have the next, what was it, four or five nights off uh, from all hockey. So I think they just, they were not in it to win it, obviously. And they they were mentally checked out. Kind of like that last day of work before you leave for a two-week vacation, you're mentally are not at work. You, you need to, you know, just get out of there, kind of close things out and go through the motions just to be done with the day. That's kind of like, that's, more or less what I was thinking this game felt like for Minnesota. Um, but yeah, the scheduled loss is something that's more like um, uh, the way the schedule comes out and it's usually a back to back and you're playing a team that's either rested or it's before a break or something. And they had to travel pretty far for it. So, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, there was a couple plays in this one that stood out to me and I just wanted to bring them up. There was the uh, Megna to Carlson goal. Uh, this was absolutely spectacular because it looked like Megna was Carlson. This was one of those passes that, again, when we talk about guys on the team that are playmakers, guys that have their heads up and find those seams that other guys just don't see. Now, Carlson finagles himself into a beautiful position, uh, frankly, where you know any any left winger uh, would be. But he he is a right defenseman coming down the left post, not where you'd expect to see him. So obviously he kind of snuck there. But Megna getting the puck, eyes up, head up, fires it right across, uh, right through basically the the entire wild team, and right on the tape to uh, Carlson, who one times it in backdoor. It was absolutely gorgeous uh, seeing that goal. Uh, when when I saw the shooter, I thought, oh, Carlson passed it to you know because it came from the right, it came from the right side of defense, and I'm like, okay, Carlson fired a, a pass down low to whoever that was who who banged it in. And I'm like, okay, right-handed shooters. <laughs> who do we have? <laughs> Kevin LeBanc. Uh, so I'm like, uh, who, you know, who's that guy? And then, yeah, it turns out Eric Carlson scores it in. So uh, yeah, it was it was really cool to see uh, the two of them connecting like that. Um, it, it just it was kind of a flip where uh, Carlson scores the goal from a really good pass from somebody else. So really awesome. There's another guy here that scored, <laughs> and I know Aaron. This has been one of those things that we've talked about over and over on this show. It's a little bit of a joke. The folks. In the chat, I already know probably what's coming. Noah Gregor scores a goal. Yes, yeah, cheer for Noah Gregor. I'm happy for the guy. Don't get me wrong. I don't want him to not score, Aaron. I know people get the wrong impression every time I talk about Noah Gregor on this show. I like the guy. I want him to score. I just know that he probably won't. But the more you know, there you go. So he <laughs> he gets a goal. Aaron, 
you sent me something in chat, maybe trying to rub it in a little bit there. Is that what you're trying to do? Of course. I just okay. say, what did I say? Hey, look, did you see who scored tonight? I mm-hmm. think that's what I texted you or something. Do you remember what I said back? No. I said, oh, yeah, it's his second goal. And at, at the time, 18, now 19 games played. Uh, and I'll do the math for you real quick, Aaron. That is not nine goals a season. That is actually less than nine goals a season. So that's the average. So I, again, again, I'm just saying what the numbers say, Aaron. I'm just saying what the numbers say. So um, again, I, I hope he gets to 10. I hope he gets to 15. The numbers don't say he will. The fact that he's only played 19 games so far doesn't really bode well for his opportunity there. So um, again, I wish him all the best, but I don't know. Any any last comment on that one, Aaron? No. No? I'm just going to okay. eat it. Fair enough. Are you just going to eat it? Hey, see, yeah. hey, you know, for as much as Aaron and I like to go back and forth and we kind of like poke and prod at each other, at least he knows, uh, you know, he, he could take it. He could take it. I'll, I'll give him that, right? I'm just going to go ahead and eat it. I appreciate that. You know, Aaron, before <laughs> we move on with more of the uh, shark stuff happening this week, there was someone, Eddie, KS24, saying let's take a moment for, and I'm going to butcher this name, so please you say it. Damar Hamlin. Thank you. Damar Hamlin. Um, now, this guy, I, I honestly, I don't watch football at all, so I didn't even know what was going on until I saw this comment, and I did a quick look up while the camera was on you. Um, <laughs> all I know is that he's a safety and he collapsed. Aaron, can you maybe just expand on that just a little bit? I know, guys, this isn't sure. really hockey-related, but it's it's important. Well, this is it's a very serious issue. He was uh, It's Monday Night Football. The Bills are playing Cincinnati Bengals, and... Nothing out of the ordinary. It wasn't like a dirty hit or anything. He just tackled the guy, um, uh, Demar did, and he got up, took about two steps, and then just collapsed on the field. Very scary. Uh, you know, all the medics, training staff come together, and they start performing CPR on the field. So he um, reports were that his breathing had stopped, but he still had a pulse, so he didn't die on the field. Um, but then they brought him to the hospital and he's now in, I believe he's now in stable condition. Um, he has a feeding tube down his throat, but he, uh, I I think he will pull through thankfully. So good, good thoughts and prayers for him and his family. And they actually suspended the game. Uh, they were debating whether or not they should keep playing or not. And, um, I, you know, everyone's like, oh, the NFL did the right thing here. I don't think it was the NFL. I think the two coaches came together, both teams, and they decided, no, we're not playing this game. Like, you can't – after that happens and they're on the field forever trying to bring this guy back to life, and then you're like, okay, let's regroup in five minutes and play again. No, that's not it's not happening. Right. So um, kudos to those two head coaches for for calling it what it is, and, and these players' lives are way more important than anything else. So um, it is just a game, and I'm glad that uh, they did the right thing here and postponed, canceled, whatever. I don't know what the official term was, but uh, they will most likely be playing that game at a later date. So uh, hopefully he pulls through. Now, a, a cool thing is he, um, Damar Hamlin, has a uh, GoFundMe for raising money for Toys for Tots kind of thing. And I think the goal was $5,000. And after this happened, I think it's now over a million. It's well over a million dollars. Wow. So a ton of people just started donating to her once they found it. And uh, it's fantastic. So some good to come out of this um, instantly. But uh, hopefully, I mean, I don't even know if he's going to ever play again, but hopefully his life is not going to be over and he'll have somewhat of a, you know, normal life coming back after this. 
Wow. Yeah. Uh, really scary stuff. Obviously our, uh, our, our best wishes go out to him and his family. Um, I just, you know, I, I mean, can't imagine, can't imagine if that was, uh, you know, my son, uh, exactly. collapsed like that. Um, I just, uh, again, wish him all the best. Glad to hear that he's in uh, uh stable condition. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things that you just, you hate to see it. doesn't matter which, no. which team you're rooting for, which sport you're watching, you see things like that and you know, it's, uh, it, it sucks. So thank you, uh, Eddie for, um, uh, having us take a moment for that. Um, cause it is, it's important. And, um, certainly when things like this happen, we want to recognize it and give our, uh, give our best to, again, the, uh, the players, their families, their, uh, their team. Um, here we got, there you go. Uh, 1.7 million now. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Super Juice Jason, putting that on the screen there. If you guys would like to uh, visit that and and get that over two million, that would be uh, spectacular. So there you go. Okay. Um, back to the world of uh, depressing shark hockey. Um, the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, this game here again, a six to two loss. But you know, again, like I said, Eric Carlson's kind of like this one bright shining star uh, for the season now. Uh, this one here, he had this beautiful slap pass to Timo. Now, again, kind of reminiscent of what we saw in the wild game from Megna to Carlson. Um, and, and it's just, again, a continuation of this beautiful playmaking from the blue line. Uh, Carlson uh, looks like he's going to wind up and take a slapper and he just fires it right to the tape uh, over at Timo. Now, some people were saying that it went off of hurdle first and then Timo. I'm not sure if that was the case. From what I saw, it just looked like he just fired it right to, to where it needed to be. So, um, I mean, regardless, either way, a beautiful play. And again, another shining example of just how good Eric Carlson is and has been and continues to be. Everybody kind of thought like he was past his prime. Uh, maybe he is, obviously, age-wise, but um, he's having one heck of a resurgence this season. And plays like this, I think, uh, are are like the reason other teams are might be looking at this guy. Um, I know it's, it's kind of weird to talk about trades and stuff. We are going to talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, but it's stuff like this. He he makes everyone around him better so long as you can handle his passes. Um, if you can't, he's not going to be able to help you. But um, if you're able to receive a puck, uh, this man is going to help you uh, put the puck in the net. He's going to help your team score and uh, and win games. So um, he's absolutely having, like you say here, a monster season. Someone who was not having a monster season from the blue line was Quinn Hughes. Um, and of course, Aaron, we talked about this last time, didn't we? It seems like every time somebody gets, um, some sort of milestone or it's their first ever NHL goal, or it's the first game played and they did something spectacular. Or in this case, if it's Quinn Hughes and he gets his first goal of the season, it's against the Sharks. Of course it is. Of course it is almost halfway through the season. And he finally gets his first goal of the season. It's just (laughs) against the Sharks. Um, yeah, I feel like. I, I don't know if other teams feel like this. I'm sure there's, you know, like original six teams, I'm sure feel like this all the time. But I, I feel like the Sharks just lead the league in firsts for career goals and first of the season well into the season. It's it's insane. <laughs> I, I Yeah, it's it's almost embarrassing, too. And I, I love when, when Randy's making the call, too, and he's just like, oh, this guy's scoreless or something and hasn't scored and whatever, and then it always happens. It's like, man, Randy, you really you – really, uh, uh, jinx it a little bit but it's um, like saying shut out right randy yeah. if you're gonna say he hasn't scored a goal this season they're about to score on us <laughs> like yeah. it happens all the time 
Oh, man, it's really, really bad. Uh, Dark and Donkey here saying Eric Carlson, hopefully raising his trade value again. We'll talk a little bit about uh, trades and stuff uh, later on, but I don't disagree with you. I mean, anytime a player is playing well, they're raising their trade value, whether or not they're going to get traded. Right. Um, But yeah, no, I agree with you on this one. I think he's uh, I think other teams are taking more of a look now uh, than they than they would have uh, given his his salary and, you know, again, most recent play and the fact that he has been healthy. And again, we'll talk a little bit about Eric Carlson later on as well. So we'll, we'll jump into that stuff. But um, ultimately in this game, like you said, Aaron, they just kind of looked lifeless uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers. However, they didn't really look lifeless. It was oh. just, as you put it, laughable the way <laughs> they lost this game. Um, for me, the highlight, obviously, uh, LeBanc gets another snipe. Now, I've been saying this for a while. Um, I don't see LeBanc as the guy who's like the setup guy. I see him as the guy who's the sniper. I love his shot. He shoots well off of either leg. If you see, there are times where he'll have his right leg forward and he's leaning his his body over it with, you know, being right-handed. And that's kind of a hard way to shoot, and he's still able to do it fairly accurately. And then, obviously, there's the other way where, you know, left foot is forward and you're getting all that power and driving through. And uh, he he doesn't really matter how. he He shoots the puck really well. He's... Uh, pretty deadly accurate with it. And I'm glad that he's kind of finding his stride because I've even thought for the past few years, this guy's just not really been worth the contract. Uh, even the $1 million contract at the time, I was not very impressed. I thought he screwed the pooch on that one too. I mean, didn't yeah. you, when he had the $1 million contract, he didn't play well. He didn't prove anything. And it was no. supposed to be a prove it contract. Yeah. Yeah. He bet on himself and he did not do very well. So I'm sh- I was shocked. I'm sure a lot of the people that he signed a $4.75 million after that, but, yeah. Uh, Patrick, Patrick Cabal just said someone yeah. check his market value. Uh, they haven't updated it since December, like maybe two weeks ago. Um, Cause I did look today. I wanted to see, and uh, he's still, he's still on that. Like, you know what? I'll just pull it up. Go ahead. Keep talking about it. I'm going to keep talking. Yeah. So the up. flyers actually tied this game up late in the third period. It's unfortunate because the sharks were ahead uh, three to two. Um, but then, you know, it's, you're giving up these odd man rushes um, in overtime and the last one was a three on O, if I recall correctly. And you know, that's, that's ultimately what ends the game. You, you cannot, again, it's great to think offensively and to push offense. It's not great when you turn the puck over and you forget about defense. Right. Uh, and, and I'm not sure that they necessarily turned the puck over and forgot about defense in this case, but that is a killer every single time. And when you're in overtime and it's a three on O going back the other way, so, someone's someone's not paying attention and the, the someone is all three guys on the ice that are wearing uh sharks jerseys so um it was just an un, again laughable it was unfortunate because they had this game they were ahead and then they let it go in and then in ot they just fall apart so um really just uh just bad stuff all around uh, at, at the uh, the latter stages of this game kakanen like you said here played well uh, but he was just kind of hung out to dry at the very end there. Again, you cannot expect the goaltender to make a save when it's three on O. If he does, that is uh, unexpected and of the spectacular variety. So um, you cannot hang this one on Kak. And I know you've got a clip here, uh, but before you get to the clip, two things. One, I'm going to let you jump right back in on that um, the card uh, athletic playing card thing with Patrick Cabral was asking about. But before we get to that, I want to say hi to Debbie Smith. She says, hi, Fin Factor friends. Debbie, uh, there was someone on Twitter. I think her name was Sally, uh, who had, you had recommended us to her. And she said she had seen us a couple of times. 
but just not uh, what was it? Not continuously or not uh, regularly? What was it? Regularly? Yeah, regular something like that. I just not regularly, right? Um, and and I had responded, you know, hey, we take no offense, but Debbie, thank you. I appreciate that you getting us out there to your sharks, friends, and family. And by the way, guys, now's a good time to do exactly what Debbie did. If you can, please. Hit us up with that share. Hit us up with that retweet. We love when you guys get out to your Sharks, friends, and family, and they show up in the chat, and we can all have a nice, fun conversation. And it does help the channel grow a lot uh, more than anything else. So I do appreciate if you guys are able to do exactly what Debbie did and uh, push us out to your Sharks, friends, and family. Again, thank you so much, Debbie. Aaron, talk to me about Kevin LeBanks' player card real quick. So this was updated on December 19th, so he's already kind of um, got some stuff here. But... um, uh there you can see it right now so at the very top it says surplus value it says zero right that means his salary is 4.7 his market value according to this whole calculation is 4.8 so he is where he, he's getting paid where he should be he's playing where he should be um he's not outperforming his contract but he's definitely not under and there's a whole bunch of other numbers here and, and stuff that you can look at. But this is the player cards that, that we always talk about um, that I think are worth the subscription for because this is really cool. And I think they're going to be updating them monthly. So um, I'll let you know. I can let you guys know when they do update them. And you can take a look. Now, again, I don't want to show you everything because it is behind a paywall. I don't want to. But here's a nice little uh, sample of what it looks like. And uh, real quick, I mean, his the, this is not behind a paywall because it's on NHL.com, but in the 38 games played that he has, nine goals, 12 assists, 21 points. I mean, yeah. that yeah, like you said, 4.8, 4.7, where that's about where uh, what he's worth. And I think he's doing a much better job of showing that this season than even the season where he was getting paid just a million. So um, pretty happy with Kevin LeBanc. Uh, he had a bit of a slow start there, but I think he's kind of figured out, hey, you know what? I should be shooting a little bit more. And uh, it's it's certainly working out well for him, uh, not just for himself and the stats, but in the eyes of the fans and probably the coaching staff as well. I think uh, this was this is another one that similar to Carlson that the coaching staff went to him beforehand and said, hey, you're getting a new a new fresh start. We want you to shoot more. You have a very deadly shot. Let's let's get it going. Um, You need to you know, they asked everybody to step up their game was it five or 10% of what they were doing before. Mm-hmm. So Carlson's definitely picking up the slack on everyone else, but uh, there are some guys, the key guys in the sharks are actually outperforming and doing some and better things than they, they were in the last two seasons. So uh, some of them did take it to heart. And I'm sure they said you're playing not so much for a contract, but possibly for, um, you know, a trade yeah. going to a competitor. So um, you get a new regime coming in with Dave, uh, Dave Greer, Mike Greer and company. Um, they're going to want to put their own stamp on this team and not, you know, have everyone that's already here. So I, I think as we'll get into this in a little bit, I think there's going to be a lot of pieces that will be moved out of here and he will start putting his own stamp on the team. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think, uh, obviously, uh, you know, um, the, the, in the eyes of the fans and the eyes of the coaches and everything else, but as you just mentioned, also in the eyes of other teams that, uh, potentially could be looking for a guy like this, who he wasn't standing out beforehand, changed the way he played a little bit more in terms of trying to pull the trigger, uh, more often. And I think this is one of those guys that other teams that are looking for maybe a, a little bit of a depth scoring and not so much defense, uh, might be interested in. So, there you go. Well done, Kevin. Uh, Aaron, there is a clip. Am I correct? Yeah, this is so 
I don't know if we didn't really go through the game, but that they were up three to one in this game and they ended up losing in overtime. And in overtime, I think Timo Meyer fell. And uh, who was back? Somebody was back. It was basically like a three on O coming back the other way. It was embarrassing. It was it was like, oh my gosh, of course the Sharks lose this way. Well, first off, they tied it um, with only a few minutes left. I think it was. Um, oh, and the big thing was the boarding call, right? Right. Uh, LeBanc gets boarded. In and five minutes left in the game, he gets boarded. They call a major penalty. So the Sharks would have ended the game with the power player, like with seconds and change. And um, because of the Pavelski rule, the refs reviewed it and they downgraded it from a major to a minor. So he didn't get kicked out of the game. It was a five minute or from five minute to a, a two minute minor. So the Sharks didn't do anything on the power play and they come back and score two to tie it and then win it in overtime. So it's like, okay. I, I can see why people would be upset and maybe blame the rest for this, but the Sharks had their chances and they should have put this game away and they did not. Now, I'm not upset because I am in the boat of wanting them to lose kind of so they can get better odds in the in the lottery coming up. But um, this one was just like, I, I watched, I was watching it and I was la- I was literally laughing on the couch afterwards. It's mean, unbelievable how they lost this game. It's unreal. Like they just... They, it's not the same thing over and over. They find new ways to lose almost every night. It's incredible. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> setting up the clip, David Quinn was kind of asked about that and about, you know, the overall play. So there's actually three questions back to back to back here um, uh, of his post-game interview. So here's David Quinn with what he thinks. Overtime loss here in the tank. Uh, you have a 3-1 lead in the third period, and then you get three in a row, one in overtime. Yeah, frustrating because I thought we did a lot of good things. And, you know, again, I think when you've had the season we've had so far and you're up three to one and you get, you know, they get the second one to make it three to two, you can feel it just get a little tense and a little tight. And that's just because of what's evolved and happened throughout the season. And we've got to be mentally tougher to play more aggressive winning hockey. And that's really all it comes down to. And How does a team get to the point where it's comfortable playing in these type of situations? I mean, uh, when you have success in them, it's the only way to do it, right? You have a game like this, and you get through it, and you win, and you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again. And that's, you know, it's really how it happens. And unfortunately for us, we've been in these situations, and too often we get the result we got tonight. Was this a uh, kind of game that, I don't know, showed everything that's good about your team, but also the bad, too, all in just one yeah, game? Yeah, I mean, you looked at, I mean, there's a lot of things you like about our game tonight. We were skating. We were physical. We competed we were pretty good defensively and you know we get a blown coverage on the second goal bang bang play and then you know they pull the goalie and hits our guy and goes in the net but you know we could have done some things to prevent it right so it's not just a bad bounce we could have played that better around the net front and uh you know we got caught out there on the on the overtime goal and timo timos falls down right at the end of the day he loses an edge and you know so Before you even make your comment, I just want to say I appreciate the patience of Coach David Quinn with that opening question. I don't know who it is that's asking it. Frankly, I don't care. All I'm saying is, uh, first of all, it's a question. You should be asking a question. Uh, What you said was, yeah, you were up the three to one in the third. You give up three and you lost the game in overtime. And then you shoved the mic in his face. If I'm David Quinn, I go, yeah, it's a good synopsis uh, or, or synopsis. Next. 
like, but like, you didn't even ask a question, first of all. And then like, you just shoved the mic in his face. Like, what do you, I, it just, I, don't, I don't know. For me, it was annoying. I'm sorry if that offends anybody, but that was annoying. I didn't oh, appreciate that as a guy who's just sitting here watching it as the yeah. coach. I appreciate your level of patience, sir. Aaron, go ahead. There are coaches that would answer like that, like Tortorella. Yeah, no, Torts would get in. That's a stupid question. <laughs> right. It's not a question. It's not like, a question. question in there. Same with Daryl Sutter. They'd be like, is there a question? Like, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Daryl Sutter is one of the best, by the way. But um, all these other reporters are trying to do is get sound bites. Sound sure. bites, clips, um, whatever. Just kind of run through it, what you're talking about, trying to get a little bit of a I don't know if you get an angry David Quinn, then it's gold, right? It sells, sure. sells stuff. So anyway, that's all they're trying to do. Trying to goad him into stuff. Okay. All right. Well, Hey, um, should we move on? Yeah. You have anything else you want to no. talk about? Okay. Uh, Aaron, uh, Dallas, Dallas stars, Pavelski scores. Of course he scores. It's your turn to talk. Did you see the goal? How he scored it? Put the mic in your face right now. There's there's two <laughs> defenders on him, and he somehow gets his stick free and tips it. Just enough. it's like, oh, of course, Pavelski scores like that. Of course Vintage. he does. And Vintage they just announced Pavelski. Would they announce it yesterday or today? He signed another year contract to stay Good with for Dallas him. for another season. Yeah, it's great. He's he's doing what he always does, and I miss him dearly. Don't we all, honestly? I mean, gosh, his ability to just, again, knock that puck. I don't even think he had two hands on his stick in this one, Aaron. I think he just reached out with one. He's that good. He's, He's a good. wizard. He's that good. It's disgusting. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, like I say, vintage pass. He's sandwiched between two defenders. One hand on the stick is what it looked like to me, and he's still able to deflect it and put it five. I think it was five hole. I don't even remember. It went down. He lost it. Goal lost yep. it. Regardless. Uh, this is one of those games again, the, the stars win five to two, but the sharks, uh, were, were in this game, Aaron, it was only three to two at the nine fifteen mark of the second. And it was three to two up until five minutes left in the game. They had a lot of time to come back in this game and then they end up losing it five to two. So it, this is another one of those ones where, you know, we talk about, we want, we want the sharks to be competitive. We'd like to, the games to be close. You see five two loss. And you think, ah, they, they weren't in this game, but they really were. They were for like the longest time. Um, and then, of course, I think they had like an empty netter uh, near, near the end there. So really, they lost by two. Uh, and and again, with five minutes left in the game, they were only down by one. So it's, it's just crazy to me that how bad this team is. But yet, they're kind of right there in a lot of these games, aren't they? It's it. You could say that for the entire season. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. Are- the Sharks are in almost every game, not every game, but almost every game, and they somehow just don't lose it. And that's the difference between a good team and a not good team is good teams find ways to win. Bad teams find ways to lose. And that's where the Sharks are right now. And it's weird because, I mean, there was an article or there was a, was it um, Corey Massasak did a, a mailbag and there was this long question in there and he answered it and he goes, it's kind of funny that well, I mean, part of the question was the Sharks the Sharks um, core guys are playing better than they were last year. They're getting more points. Like what is going on? How could they possibly be worse in the standings than they were before? And that's what it is. Like they just find new ways to lose almost every night. They said, David Quinn has a ship that has 11 holes in it and he only has 10 fingers. He can only plug so many holes. 
Because the other question was, does the coaching staff need to get fired? No, I don't think this is on the coaching staff. It's yeah. just, I I can't imagine another coach doing something else. I mean, even Tortorella, people really wanted him to come in to San Jose and coach. And all he would do is what? Make him bag skate a couple times and yell at him for blocking shots? Like, yeah, it's they'd still be losing. There is no magic Band-Aid. I'll say that. Okay, before we move on, there's no magic Band-Aid. It's Everyone not one says, problem. It's exactly. Not one. But everyone says, oh, if we just if we change the coaching staff, the coaching staff sucks. Oh, well, this, this, the new GM. The new GM, he didn't construct the roster the right way. Well, that's the most hilarious one I've heard so far. Um, or it's, you know, it's if we need to trade uh, Vlasic, his contract is bogging everybody down. He's a horrible defenseman. If you did any one of those things and then did whatever you want to do after the fact, it would still take you a long time. It's not going to happen in a season, guys. It's not one thing that that is a problem. There's a, there's a whole mess of problems, and they're trying to go through and fix them over the next coming seasons. You can't expect it to happen uh, right away because it's just not going to happen right away. So um, I, I do want to call out, though, and I saw this comment and it, and it did make me laugh. Patrick <laughs> says, I missed the Eagle screams when we had a goal watch with Pav Tips. Absolutely, the Pavelski goal watch with the uh, the eagle overhead, the Captain America thing going on in the background, phenomenal. If you think that uh, you missed that and you think that's bad, um, think about how much work Super Producer Jason put into the Luke Cunning uh, garbage collector slide, and now it's all for nothing because he's done for the season. Yeah. Luke Cunning forever in our hearts, uh, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah, he put a lot of work into that. So, uh, oh well, I guess we're gonna, have to, um, we're gonna have to come up with a new one. Yeah, here. we need a new one. I was yeah. talking about I was talking about uh, with Jason before while we were waiting for Paul to get his computer going. Um, I think we do something with Quinn and uh, Angry Quinn. So I think I'm gonna try and find a quote after every game and a quote of Quinn being very angry because he does get mad sometimes and pissed off. And uh, we could do a graphic of angry. I don't know. We need we need like a catchphrase or something. If any of you can think of anything. Oh, Aaron. Oh, you know, I kind of lie. It was, you know, a lot last, you know, month. And... <laughs> okay. No. So uh, we're, we're, I have the great, I have a great roll call for you. We're not going to do it just yet. Or do you want to do it right now? Sure. Before we talk about this topic, should we t- so we have comments? You want to do that? What? The roll call question. Do you want to do it right now before we have the to- the the topic so we have the comments? Sure. Yeah. All right. Fine. Let's do roll call right now. Um, Eric Carlson's having a uh, an amazing season. So um, what we want to know is, does Eric Carlson break the one hundred point barrier, and will it be with the Sharks? Now he maybe he breaks hundred points and then gets traded. Maybe he stays with the Sharks. Uh, maybe he gets traded and then breaks the 100. I don't know. So that's uh, the first part of this. The second part is what should be the next Super Producer Jason slide? Because we did the Eagle Scream. We did the Luke Cunning um, Garbage Collector. So what, uh, what what should be the next one? We need some good ideas. Uh, let us know and put those in the, the, the chat right there. Again, if uh, you have other friends uh, and family from the uh, Sharks, fans that would uh, like to answer this question <laughs> please reach out to them retweet share let them know about it get them in here so they can uh, give us their input on that one aaron um eric carlson 53 points in 39 games the man this swede is on fire 
It's it's insane. It's a 13 game streak right now too. So it's not yes. like he's getting five points and then doing nothing. In fact, he's only had 10 games the entire season without a point out of the 39. So he scored in he's gotten onto the board 29 games of the 39 games. If that makes sense. That is goofy. It's it's incredible. It he's he's never been on this pace in his career. So he's having a career year assuming he stays healthy. He is going to blow it out of the water. 53 points already. That's fifth in the NHL. Not just he's leading defenseman, obviously. Yeah. He's fifth in the NHL. <laughs> fifth. The only people ahead of him, Connor McDavid, duh. Dry Leon Dreisaitl, duh, because he plays next to him. Jason Robertson, who's having an incredible year. And Nikita Kucherov, who is just ridiculous. Like, it's insane. In fact, Kucherov and Carlson are the exact same. And and all of them are 13 goals, 40 assists. They both have 53 points. They both have 13 goals. They both have 40 assists. But Kucherov has done it in four less games. Uh, Kucherov is doing it as a forward with a team that's far better than the Sharks. I know. Let's get real. I'm just saying. It's incredible. You know, there's there's also this talk about um, if... Carlson should be considered for the Norris. And I cannot even believe that that is a question. I get <laughs> that he plays for a not so great team. Uh, they're talking about the heart trophy. Oh, the heart, not Norris. I thought Norris. they said the Norris. No, the heart trophy. Okay. Uh, giving the heart trophy that, which is the MVP of the league to a guy on a team. Who's not going to make playoffs. That's like, yeah, Unheard of. I, I remember that was a big a big thing when McDavid, I think, I can't remember if he won it or not, but McDavid was up for the Hart Trophy and Edmonton wasn't even close to making playoffs. And they're like, you can't give it to him because it, MVP means he's leading his team to the playoffs. You know, like it doesn't, doesn't compute. But I don't know, man. He makes everyone uh, around him better. At Bood, I, I think I'm butchering that one, but... Uh... I, I, we played actually we played hockey with this guy uh, NHL um, watching from Halifax. Yes, he breaks 100 points and stays with the Sharks. And we need a Bedard watch slide for every loss we have. So there is a uh, in my in the fantasy hockey league for for the Fin Factor. Um, there's a guy who posts a Photoshop picture of Bedard in a Sharks jersey every time. Looks good, I bet. Yeah, every time they lose, he posts it. So yeah, we could. I'll ask him if we could steal. May it. have to steal that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dark and Donkey from Vancouver, British Columbia, and he will get traded before he gets the hundred to the Rangers in a blockbuster involving Lafreniere. I'd be okay with that. The I'd next okay slide should be the garbage collector one. Uh, I, I don't. So Luke Cunningham's out for the season, so we're not going to have another garbage collector slide. But okay. <laughs> I am. I like the uh, the the what do you call it? Hundred gets to hundred, but he goes to the Rangers for Lafreniere. Aaron, what do you think about that? You because you, you I'm, I can see the look on your face. Talk to me. What do you think? Lafreniere was uh, first overall pick uh, a couple years ago, and he's he's going to be good. I mean, he's not like he's not dominating, but he is a big guy, a big forward, and uh, is going to be a ninety to hundred point player in the league. So I would be okay with that happened. I'll, I'll be honest. I would love to have a on the team. Everyone's kind of calling him a bust too. Cause he's, 
not you know destroying the league, but I think he's just a bigger body guy, so he's taking a little bit more time. Well, he's not McDavid. He was picked number one overall, and everybody expects the same. He's also, he's also playing in a big market in the Rangers, and they expect yeah. you know that they win a cup every year. Alex New twenty five. Sorry, uh, Rochester says I think he will get uh, he will break a hundred, but I think he'll get traded at the deadline, and hopefully it will be for a treasure cove of picks and prospects. I think that's supposed to be a trove. I think trove, trove. yeah. <laughs> but it could be a cove with some treasure in it, you know, like a pirate thing. I don't know what you're going for there, Alex. Uh, Debbie says, well, the SPJ, the slide definitely needs to be the Swede that's on fire. <laughs> we could do a Captain Jack Sparrow. Ah, yes, of course. <laughs> uh, thank every you. Time gets a- thank you for that, Aaron. Oh every time God. he gets a point. <laughs> every time he gets a point. Arr. Yeah. Arr. <laughs> Okay, that might have to be it. Thanks, Debbie. Um, let's see. He's Patrick Cabral says he's on his couch in Edgewood uh, with his 75-inch Sony. Oh, just, okay. Are we, are we wow. bragging here? Are we we're bragging? Really I'm guessing we're on the wall. Yeah, probably. We're on the TV. <laughs> That's amazing. Side note, Aaron's head is almost a scale. <laughs> That's a whole lot of dome right there, buddy. Uh, let's see. Bigger. Luke Pearson says, oh boy. <laughs> Luke Pearson says, hey guys from Australia. I think he falls just short putting up 90 odd, which is still insane for a D man. And I think if the deal is right, it'll be the best to move him while his value is high. Bedard watch. He wants Bedard watch as the slide. Oh, I'm still big. Okay, there we go. Um, so yeah, you know what? For me, it's not if he slows down so much as again, once trade head deadline hits, is he gonna have anybody that can handle him? Uh, to to uh, put the puck in the net for him and get him those assists. If everyone else is having pucks exploding off their stick because they've traded everybody else away and you've got a bunch of uh, newer, younger, uh, less talented guys, maybe from trades that are bad contracts coming back the other way, uh, things like that, it, he's probably not going to be on pace anymore. That and, I mean, probably what you're about to say, um, injuries. He hasn't been injured, knock on wood. Uh, so hopefully he continues that streak this season of being healthy, staying healthy, and just, again, the streak of points that he's got going on, uh, the pace that he's on. Hopefully all that goes well, and I wish him all the best. But, you know, historically, he's been a little bit injury prone. So that that for me is kind of um, the, the deciding factor more than anything else of whether or not he's going to be uh, continuing on this pace is if he can remain healthy and depending on again, after the trades are all done, uh, who does he have to work with? What do you think? Aaron? Uh, absolutely. I, if he could stay healthy, he's going to, I think, all right, well, what do you think? I think he's going to crack the hundred points staying healthy. I think he does it. I don't think he's going to slow down. Even if he gets traded, I don't think he's going to slow down significantly enough to not get a hundred. I think whether or not he actually gets 100, he'll be so close that it really shouldn't matter. Whether it's 99 or 102 or whatever it is, he'll be right there. Um, I hope he hits 100. It'd be great to have a shark in the triple digits. Um, he's and- he's more than halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> it. I, I don't think, I don't know if people are like understanding the incredible season he's having. Most teams would be happy to have a 40 to 50 point defenseman for the year on yeah. their team. And this guy's already hit 53 in 39 games. That's just insane. It's absolutely insane. Um, he could finish this. He could end the season next week, get to 60 points, and probably still be in the top 10 of scoring for defensemen in the league at the end of the season. Like, As you said, he's halfway there, and I'm living on a prayer. Uh, you know, Aaron, we forgot uh, about the Chicago Blackhawks game. We can go back and talk about that one. But I do see something here. 
It says pick of Debbie. Oh, oh yeah. We have Debbie. A, oh, Debbie got Debbie got a sweat. Debbie's in the chat right now. She sent us a picture of her in her sweatshirt. Hey. There it is. Hey, Debbie. That's the first. I've actually I have the gray sweatshirt. I have not seen the black sweatshirt yet. So it looks pretty good. It looks sharp. Very good. Hey, Debbie, again, thank you so much for uh, supporting the show and for rocking that sweatshirt and uh, actually taking a picture and sending it to us. Because, again, we get people, you know, getting some of our gear, but they just they don't take the picture and send it to us. We want to uh, have that uh, eh, not in back to us. It's not as cool anymore. Uh, we want to we have, uh, you know, the, the interaction with the fans and, and have the pictures and stuff. So we do appreciate that. Thank you so much, Debbie. Uh, really big supporter of the show. Uh, Debbie's been over the uh Gosh, I don't even know how, how Debbie, how long have you been watching us? I know I've I've recognized you for the past couple of seasons here, but I, I don't know how long you've really been watching. So let us know how long you've been watching. I'd be very interested to hear that. Aaron, uh, before we move on about the sharks moving pieces, guys, stick around. We will be talking about some potential trade stuff going on. Nothing that's solid, obviously, just kind of us kind of spitballing. But um, the Chicago Blackhawks, the last game that we had to talk about, we skipped it. We're coming back. It's a 5-2 win, Aaron. I know you were very sad because they picked up two points. Uh, this is the battle of the bottom, as you had said here. So <laughs> some of the worst teams in the league really going after it here. Uh, and I guess the Blackhawks decided they just wanted Bedard just a little bit more than the Sharks did. Uh, go ahead. Uh, go over this game just a bit here. Um, Chicago went up 2 nothing, And uh, the first one, was I think it was a turnover, and Kane got it and just sniped it. Just did Kane things and put the put the puck away. Um, Lafferty scored, which I think is hilarious. Not because his name is Lafferty, but he has four goals on the year. Three of them are against the Sharks. <laughs> it's like it's like Gadjevich scoring four goals in the season, and three of them are against Chicago. Like it's just what what? Um, I just thought that was funny. And then Mark Edward Vlasic played his twelve hundredth game um, of his career, which is amazing. And um, he scored his first goal of the season off of his foot. So that leaves two people that are on the, I would say, regular roster that have not scored a goal. So that's that's amazing. So when they said he got he gets his first of the year, I'm like, cool. And I'm watching it and I'm going, he didn't even shoot it. He was just trying to stop. And, and it's funny because they waved it off at first. I don't yeah. know if you saw it or not. They yeah. waved the goal off like, nope, it was a, it was a off his foot kicking motion. Then they go and they, they watch the replay. And, and they see that it wasn't a distinct kicking motion. It was uh, redirected into the net, but it was not distinctly kicked into the net. Therefore, it is a good goal. And even he was like laughing on the bench, yeah. like, okay, sure, why not? Um, so, hey, man, congrats to Mark Edward on his uh, 1200th game. That's quite the milestone. Say what you want about the guy. Um, I still like him. I still like his game. Uh, obviously, not many people like his contract. But, um, you know, he is what he is, and he's still an effective player in this league. And to do that for 1,200 games, I don't care who says what about you. That is quite the milestone. So congratulations uh, to Mark Edward Vlasic on uh, on 1,200 games. Really amazing stuff. Now, uh, Chichek and Megna, y'all need to figure it out and get one goal. <laughs> Just one goal, man. Come on. I don't know. That's it. That's only two. It's not bad. I mean, Chichek has only got 10 games in, so I wouldn't even really consider that yeah. like a big deal. But Magna's played 36, so I think he needs to get one here. He got a really nice assist, though, like we talked about earlier. He did. So I'm not too mad. Uh, Debbie, by the way, said she's been watching us since the beginning. Awesome. Thank you so much, Debbie. Do appreciate your support of the show. That's 
just really, really cool. Um, off the 55 game Schneid. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess uh, it took him 55 classic. games uh, dating back to last season. Yeah. Yeah, that was Plastic's Very last good. goal was last season. Well, again, congratulations to him. And thank you again, Debbie, for your support. Okay. Uh, when, Aaron, do the Sharks start moving some pieces here? What do you think? New year. I think uh, we're kind of, you know, the Sharks are, it's well known that they're for sale. Like everything's going to go. Um, Chicago's another team where they have Kane and Taves that are on expiring contracts. They're going to go. They already started shipping off pieces in the summertime. Um, the Sharks, I think they've been open for a while, but they're kind of waiting on other teams to kind of bite here and, and take something. And most of those teams, now they're kind of settling in like, okay, I can see where we are in the standings, what we need help with. Um, the Sharks have a number one, or actually they're number two now, penalty kill. Uh, Boston just leapfrogged ahead of them. But um, that's that's some elite status there. And if if a team is going to the playoffs and they don't have a good penalty kill, you're done for. So I bet some of those guys, the bottom guys will go. Timo Meyer, I just don't think he's going to be signing with the Sharks. I think he's going to be gone. I think they're going to trade him. Um, Carlson, I'm kind of up in the air about. I'm not sure. I know he's going to want to get a cup, so he's going to want to go to a contender. I just don't know if there's enough um, room, wiggle room for other teams to get him. Now, someone had mentioned the New York Rangers, but they already have Adam Fox running the power play there and their number one defenseman. And he's probably one of the top defensemen in the league um, scoring wise. So, you know, other than Carlson, that would be a situation of like bringing Carlson in with Brent Burns, right? Like it just didn't work. So I don't, as much as I would want Lafreniere or, or some other package from them, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, it doesn't make sense, but they do have some good cap space. Um, I could see something where right now in Florida, you got two goaltenders, Spencer Knight, who's very young and signed. Um, and they also have Bobrovsky. I know you're laughing about Bobrovsky here because I just do not like the guy, but his contract is $10 million. It's a lot. And maybe they move him out to get some other pieces in. And maybe the Sharks can help with that. Maybe not take him on completely, but that would help the goaltending situation for the Sharks, at least, you know, for the next few seasons, um, because he is a good goaltender. I think he's better than what we currently have. And we don't really have anything in the system as well. And looking at his contract, he's got another three seasons at $10 million. Um, what if they did, I mean, they have Aaron Eckblad, but he gets hurt a lot. What if they went for it? And Florida right now in the standings, they're on the outside looking in on the playoffs. So they might get desperate and try and, and do something here. Um, maybe. But I mean, that I'm just spitballing some ideas here. Um, yeah, I just, I don't see Timo signing long-term. I think he's going to be gone. With respect to the um, more depth players, I think that Mike Greer did the best thing he could have done for the Sharks, uh, for the future of the Sharks, by bringing in veterans, as we've talked about before, because this is where I think uh, it's going to really pay off for them. They're going to start moving those veteran pieces uh, like Nick Bonino, like, um, well, Cunning would have been uh, one that maybe some guys had their eyes on, uh, but obviously that's not going to be the case anymore. Um, I think Noah Gregor might be a guy that some other teams are kind of looking at. Again, he's been benched quite a bit, um, but if they're just looking for that maybe like 13th 
forward, right? A guy that can just ride the bench until there's an injury and then he doesn't cost him much at all and they just throw him in there, right? Um, guys like that, guys that are kind of on like the, the latter half uh, of the roster. I think a lot of those guys that they brought in are going to be guys that, that are uh, valuable to playoff teams for their veteran experience. And as you said, like a lot of those guys also play in, uh, you know, heavy minutes on the penalty kill. And um, if, if a team is struggling in the PK, yeah, you're just, you're, you're not going to go very far in the playoffs. Um, I know refs put the whistles away, but penalties still get called. And uh, when teams go and, and get a power play goal, it is deflating. So the last thing you want to do is give them the opportunity. So uh, having a good PK and especially a guy that like say Nick Benino, for instance, he plays the PK, but he's also no slouch on his line. He's not there just to be a penalty kill specialist, right? Uh, he can win you face-offs in the defensive zone. So he's, he's one of those guys I feel is going to be actually pretty valuable. Um, so I think they did a great job of, of adding pieces uh, that are kind of more on the depth end and it's going to help the the sharks out now. Uh, I mean, when, I mean, any time now, I think, as you said, a lot of the teams are settling into position and I don't think the sharks are under any uh, delusion that they're going to dig themselves out of this hole that they're in right now. And I think the other teams in the league know that, right? So I, I think at any point, look, we know where we are. We know what we're going to be and we know what we are and that uh, or we're ready. We're open for sale. I, I think right now the Sharks are open for sale, and I would not be surprised to see even before January is done uh, to see a piece move. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, again, as you said, like with injuries, um, if a team has somebody who's injured, um, you know, right away, and they just need somebody to keep the boat afloat, I think the Sharks are a good uh, a good team to go after. Uh, we have a lot of little pieces here and there. They're going to help out depth wise. You're not going to find, you know, I mean, say for a Timo Meyer or for um, uh, Eric Carlson, you're not going to find that top level talent that's really going to give you that boost that you need in the playoffs. Uh, it's mostly going to be kind of like the the filler guys. But uh, I think the, the Sharks have enough of those types of players that anybody in the league uh, can find something uh, that the Sharks have that would make their team just a little bit better. So, and it's kind of weird to say that about a team that is so far down in the standings, but um, the truth of it is individually, I think a lot of these players can do well on other teams and, and make those other teams uh, just a little bit better. So. Uh, Debbie just asked when the trade deadline is it's March 3rd. There you go. So it's, it's coming up. So if not in January might be a little early, Debbie, but um, March, if, you, if you're waiting till March, it's it's too late. Like a lot of the trades, uh, you'll have missed out on somebody. So a lot of the trades are probably going to get done in the middle latter half of February, I would guess. Um, and that uh, that March 3rd deadline, again, if you wait till that deadline, you're, you're kind of left with your what you can get is kind of like what's ever left out over. Right. So you might get a good deal, but you're not going to get a good deal on the guy that you really wanted. So, um, yeah, uh, again, I, I think you're going to see a lot of it happening in the mid to late February, but I would not at all be surprised for the Sharks if that's happening uh, sooner, just because, again, we know what we are. The whole league knows what we are, uh, and we're open for business. So there you go. Uh, Aaron, any last bit on uh, the Sharks moving some pieces? No, I just I, I don't think anyone is safe. I mean, they always say hurdle safe because he just signed, but I, I would yeah. say – no, <laughs> everybody, everybody's going to be um, open game. I, I just, I don't think there's anybody that's untradeable at all. So um, it's, it, again, Greer's going to want to put his own stamp, his own guys in. Yeah. He's going to want to do 
make it his own team. So um, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do a fire sale where he's going to just trade everybody away. I think it's going to be a slower process, but yeah. um, we'll see. I mean, uh, Colin had a good point that if we get Bedard, Timo may want to get extended and he's still an RFA. So the Sharks don't have to trade him at the deadline. I'm sure the price will be a lot higher at the deadline because uh, he's you're going to get some value out of him for yeah. as a rental player and you still control his rights. But He's somebody that could also be moved at the draft right before the draft or something, you know? So who knows? Uh, okay. Uh, winter classic. We've got some pictures here from the, uh, from, from Twitter actually for uh, the winter classic that just happened. Bruins penguins. Um, this is kind of an interesting one because it was at Fenway park, obviously a historic baseball stadium, Aaron, um, Oh yeah, there's there's a picture right there. So th- we have some pictures of them coming out, and they were uh, off the bus in Red Sox and Pirates gear. This is actually kind of cool. I'm not a huge uh, baseball fan, obviously, but you know, again, I can uh, respect the tradition there. Of uh, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, they weren't yeah. they weren't just their normal jerseys either. Like I think the Pittsburgh ones were wearing uh, the Pirates jerseys from 1925, so it was like mm-hmm. very old historical. Um, it's pretty cool. It's very different. And I was actually the last time they played at Fenway is the second time. Uh, the first time was in 2010 and I was there. Um, I wasn't I didn't go into the game, but we were right outside and watched the game at one of the bars because it was like, I'm not paying that much money to go to the game. when <laughs> You're not going to be able to even watch the game. You can't see anything and the Sharks weren't playing. So I wasn't so I wasn't as interested. I just wanted to be there. Um, it was also freezing cold. Uh, so we wanted to be inside a warm bar. Um, today, though, it was like, I think it was in the upper 40s, maybe low 50s. So it was not very cold. Um, could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot windier. Could have been snowing. It could have been really bad. So, um, but yeah, I got to watch the game. I thought it was really cool. And I thought it was nice, nice little touches. This is something that I think the NHL does right. And I think um, they should really, I don't know, celebrate it a little bit more. I, I don't feel like there's enough fan promotional stuff for it in a way um they also it's funny um they normally do it on new year's day but new year's day fell on a sunday and they didn't want to compete with the nfl so they pushed it back to monday (laughs) today the second because they know they know what's up with the nfl fair enough um no i'm with you on that i think i wish uh they gave as much fanfare to that as they did with things like the um, the All Star Game, right? They had the whole All Star Weekend and everything else. I wish they did a little bit more around um, special games like that because uh, it does help promote the game, especially when you're doing it at a baseball stadium. You get p- fans from other sports uh, potentially getting an eye on your sport, which is obviously much smaller than baseball. Um, so yeah, it, it would be uh, it would be really nice to have them kind of. Uh, pump it up just a little bit more than they than they do. So, um, and, and frankly, for the amount of work that goes into getting that whole thing set up, I don't know why they wouldn't give it just a little bit more. Um, I mean, maybe some folks think that they advertise enough as it is, but uh, for for me, I think they could do uh, a little bit more around making it kind of like an experience, like a weekend. Now, uh, when they had the one over at Levi Stadium a few years back, I actually got to go and skate on the rink and and play a game. Uh, like Ooh. a pickup game uh, at night. <laughs> it was actually really cool. Um, so, I mean, they, I'm sure they leave it up after the fact uh, for, for other you know yeah. locals to go and, and have a skate and everything else. Uh, but, I, you know, again, I, I wish there was a little bit more of like an event surrounding it like they do with the All-Star game because this is, this is for actual points and it actually matters <laughs> in the All-Star game. It's just kind of like, hey, show us your skills, right? Um, now, 
there's a little bit of controversy around an announcement that was made uh, regarding upcoming uh, Winter Classic. And Patrick Cabral, actually, he's alluding to it here. He says, who's coming to my place, I think, in Seattle to watch the uh, 2024 Winter Classic? Aaron, what's Patrick talking about? Uh, they announced today that the next Winter Classic will be in Seattle and they will be playing against the Vegas Knights. So it's going to be two expansion teams. I think this might be the first Winter Classic that doesn't have an original six in it. I think the, the, the Sharks, the NHL, were a little nervous to do non- original six teams because they have such a huge fan base and history and everything else. So um, they've done other teams like the sharks that that wasn't a winter classic. That was the stadium series, which is a little bit different. Um, Not quite as big, I guess you could say, but Mm -hmm. still doing cool stuff. Um, Remember they did one. Was it last year? Maybe it was pre COVID. They did one in Tahoe, right? Um, Yeah. I was like, I want to say it was right up against, uh, Right up against the shore, uh, like Lake Tahoe, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, and it's ridiculous that they didn't have the Sharks in it. Like, come on, Tahoe yeah. is, is closer to the Sharks than it is to any other team. So that was kind of a, that that annoyed me more than this one. Like, I don't expect the Sharks ever to really be in the um, Winter Classic, I guess, because they're just they don't have as big of a fan base as other teams. So why would they want to do that? Unless, I mean, Nick brought up a point earlier before we even went on. Like, maybe they can go on as a away team, right? But I could see a Sharks Vegas a couple years ago would have been awesome, just a huge rivalry. But mm-hmm. when you don't make the playoffs and your team is not, I don't know, marketable, when you only, I mean, you have Eric Carlson, sure, but in a year from now, would he be on the team? Who knows? Now, if they get Connor Bedard, all of a sudden things change. Like, and every team knows this. Imagine if he goes to Chicago. How many times is he going to play in the Winter Classic? How many times has Sidney Crosby played in the Winter Classic? You need those big names, marketable names, big stars to really sell the thing. Like Eric Carlson? I just, yes and no. He's up for the heart, Aaron. Well, the problem is, is he going to be on the team the next couple of years? Yeah, yeah. Because they have to announce this in a full year from now. Right. So why would they, why would they, that Sharks team that was looking to sell everyone, why would they get awarded, you know, a winner classic? So it didn't, that one didn't hurt as much. The Tahoe one hurt. Like, come on, man. That's just that's just mean. That's like me going into your house in your backyard and setting up a rink and not inviting you to play. <laughs> just mean. Just mean. So anyway. I think Aaron thinks it's mean. I, it's you said controversy. I don't know if it's a controversy. <laughs> that's all. Uh yes, it is a beautiful picture, a beautiful place. Uh, Patrick confirms. Uh, for Debbie. Yes. Thank you so much for that, Patrick. Um, okay. You know, yeah. And again, like, people are all upset because it's, you know, two expansion teams. I get it. Uh, the first game of, uh, of the season for Seattle was against Vegas. Wasn't it? That's, it's kind of what they're trying to set up is this, Oh, they're the two, you know, newest teams going head to head. Um, I guess trying to pit rivalries with their fan bases. So they have rivalries, um, so I get it. Does it need to be in a winter classic though? That's, that's the big one for me. Uh, again, there's stadium series. They could have done, they could have certainly done that, uh, with, with these two teams. Um, there's nothing classic about two teams that have been around for a handful of years. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like the reverse retro for Seattle. It's like, <laughs> what, what do you mean? Reverse retro? There's no retro. There's no throwback. Literally. There's no throwback. Vegas, uh, even right? when they, they started yeah. doing reverse retros and they had uh, Vegas doing theirs, it's like, 
Yeah, and their storied history. Let's go get the throwbacks. Are you kidding? Yeah. I don't know. It just seems kind of weird to me. So, yeah, I don't think that a winter classic necessarily needed to be there uh, for Seattle and Vegas. But, again, a stadium series thing would have been would have been nice. So, anyway. Um, okay. Done with that. I think uh, we're just kind of bitter because we don't get to have winter classics. <laughs> That's <laughs> all it comes down to right here. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, okay, so let's see. Oh, uh, Colin has a comment here. Colin C28 says, NHL wants to grow the game, so you think they'd have the best player, McDavid, playing in it more. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that's actually not a bad point. Um, you got the top two scorers in the league and McDavid and Drysaddle, and uh, for something like the Winter Classic, uh, it certainly would make sense. And especially, again, if you're not going to have an original six team, um, I mean, Edmonton has certainly got a lot of history, right? So um, it, it would have been a good call. But regardless, moving on from that, because, again, we're just bitter. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about the upcoming games. There's two of them uh, coming up here. Uh, Aaron, Friday and Saturday. We've got a little bit of a, a hiatus here again, huh? It's Who weird. makes the schedule? It's so weird. Like, oh, they just played a bunch of games all in a row, and then uh, you're going to have five days off and then back-to-back. Like, Why don't you schedule that? Like, Schedule the Anaheim game a day or two before that. Just spread it out a little. I know, it's ridiculous. So yeah. they play in Anaheim. Uh, on Friday, and then they play in home at home against Boston uh, on Saturday. Aaron, uh, give us the update on Anaheim. I know you said they had one regulation win. Have they improved on that number? They have three regulation wins now. Oh my! Sharks they're have on nine. Ten. Buddy, they're on fire. You better watch out. Well, let's just say it this way: Anaheim is the second worst team. <laughs> Chicago's worse than them, so Anaheim's the second worst team. So they're going to play back to back against the second worst team and then Boston, the best team. <laughs> On a back to back. It's not it's not they're playing Boston first, they're playing them second. That is what you call a scheduled loss. Hey, we brought it full circle. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> oh, you know, I can't lie, it was you know a lot last you know month and I don't know why that was the clip you just played. <laughs> you want to know Boston's record? Okay. 29 wins, 24 of those in regulation, four losses, four overtime losses. Oh, my goodness. That's nasty. They, yeah, five games went to shootout. They're two and three, whatever. But still 24 regulation wins out of 37 games played. That is, that is a team that is on fire. They are on a mission. And this is a team... Boston was missing a couple of their key guys like for a, the first month of the season. They thought for sure they were going to be like tanking in the bidding. Nope. Nope. They're good. Incredible. Very good. Just incredible. All right, cool. Well, uh, so we're looking for a heck of a battle on Friday and then um, not, not, not so much <laughs> on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that is what it is. All right. Hey, any uh, any other comments here that uh, you saw that you wanted to call out or uh, guys in the chat, if there's any last second comments you'd like to throw in there before uh, we go ahead and wrap the show up, go ahead and do that uh, right about now. Uh, Colin's yeah. talking about uh, the NHL and the girl game, but McDavid, I don't think has played in one yet. So, yeah, they should be. The NHL has a marketing problem. They do not market their star athletes well enough. They don't. I mean, we talked about this actually with Randy. I don't know if you were there. It was after our our um, our interview with him and we were chatting. He said, you know, we only interviewed. I didn't really pick up on this. We only interview Sharks players like him after a win. They never yeah. interview a player after a loss. They only 
talk amongst themselves in the in the studio. So um, for one, they haven't really done a lot of player interviews at home, especially because um, they haven't had a lot of home wins. But um, it, it's they don't like and he said the the cool thing is they always have their mask or their helmets off so you can see their face and and they need to do a better job of that because they want to show the face to the audience so you get to know their face and see what they look like and hear them talk and because you never really hear the guys talk um i just think the nhl does a poor job of it i mean look at i mean it's hard to compare to the nfl because nfl is such a beast but they wear helmets too and they market themselves way better than the nhl does so I don't know what what the problem is and and what the solution is either, but they need to figure that out. Patrick Abral is saying all of you guys look so cold. <laughs> I'm in cold. my garage. I'm freezing. Oh, you'll go on. You're in the garage. Okay, <laughs> I'm in my uh, illustrious studio where I have two broken laptops. <laughs> I'd rather be cold. <laughs> Dark and Donkey, uh, Aaron, t- talk to me about this one. Columbus doing their best to be last overall. Uh, they are ahead of the Sharks, if you will, okay. with a lower win percentage. Okay. Um, they still have four games in hand, so that could change. But they are currently, I'm looking at win percentage, they are uh, worse than the Sharks. Sharks are fourth right now on win percentage. Fourth worst. I keep saying like a race, like they're fourth, yeah. fourth best, but because Chicago, Anaheim, Columbus, San Jose, Arizona is right behind them. Um, kind of a jump though. It goes from 397 of the Sharks to 443 of Arizona. So there's a little wiggle room there. All right. Well, yeah. I don't see any other comments here, so I think we'll go ahead and just wrap it all up here. Okay, guys. Hey, thanks again for tuning in do appreciate you and i love all the comments there i love especially uh the suggestions that we got for the next super producer jason slide we will certainly take those into account i think we have a winner though aaron so we'll uh we'll chat about that one maybe offline a little bit but uh uh Tebby smith says it's very chilly here okay <laughs> there you go um yeah so uh again thank you guys for uh being a part of it and uh oh he meant during the rainy interview with oh uh, gotcha okay reason. makes a lot more sense now thank you i was yes. gonna say our virtual backgrounds are kind of like an icy color <laughs> but uh yeah that, that, it makes a lot more sense now thank you patrick appreciate you okay good um uh, again Thank you again for for tuning in, checking us out. If you'd like to support the show, you can go ahead and do that uh, by using the super chat function or uh, the Venmo at the Venmo, geez, at the Fin Factor. Uh, it's a great way to do it. Or you can go to thefinfactor.com, uh, do what Debbie did, and go and get yourself a sweatshirt or a hat or a stickers or whatever else. And uh, that's a good way for you to support the show, but also get something back in return. So uh, you can go ahead and do that. Aaron, any last second comments? Nope. No, okay. Super producer Jason wants everybody to know that during that Randy interview, it was 42 degrees with the door open. I had the jacket on. Aaron was sitting in front of the doorway. I love it. Halfway through the interview, I was like, I should put my jacket on. I'm like, there's a heater blowing across us, so my left arm was fine. It was warm, but my right arm was back against the wall, and it was frozen. And I think the last 10 minutes of the interview, my teeth were chattering. Aaron had climate zones as if he was in a very fancy car. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I should just get up and go get my jacket. Like, we could just cut. And then I'm like, well, then it would just look awful because all of a sudden, boom, there's a jacket on me. Yeah. Like, just 
exactly. Um, so all, all that uh, is said and done, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap the show up. But I do want to say one last thing, and Debbie Smith reminded me of it. Thank you, Debbie. Uh, Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year to everybody. We do appreciate uh, this whole uh, year so far. Uh, the rest of the year, obviously, for the rest of the season, we'll be right here with you guys talking Sharks hockey, uh, having a good time, hopefully. Hey, man, we're we're just doing the best we can, having a good time talking and laughing about it. So there you go. Uh, I guess that's it, Aaron. So for Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. I'm Aaron. We will see you guys next week. Next week, hopefully on time. I will try to get a new laptop. Uh, until then, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.